I'm Rob Hoschild, and I'm here at The Burn with Matt Glazer, Artistic Director of the American Roots Music Program at Berklee College of Music. Matt is the visionary behind one of the big events of the fall 2012 semester, Inspired by Ray, the Ray Charles Symposium, a three-day celebration and close-up look at the man's music and life. It'll be September 21st through the 23rd. There will be concerts, panels, films, and more. There's even a radio series we'll tell you about. Everything is on our website at berkeley.edu. Matt Glazer, thanks very much for taking the time with us today. Nice to see you, Rob. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. So where did the idea for the Ray Charles Symposium come from? Is this something you've been contemplating for a while? Well, originally I was trying to mount a symposium about the relationship between various styles of American music, jazz, country music, and blues, but it was difficult to make an elevator speech to people that explained what this was all about, and it occurred to me Ray Charles was like a prism through which you could look at all these issues. Then it turned out that this was the the 50th anniversary of his seminal album Modern Sounds in Country and Western, so then it became a no-brainer as an approach. So we contacted the Ray Charles Foundation uh, and they were very happy to work with us, and, and things have taken off since then. So what are some of the highlights of the symposium schedule? Give us a breakdown of uh, what will be happening, what you expect people will take away from the experience. Well, during the day on Friday and Saturday, September 21st and 22nd, there'll be, as you said, panel discussions, individual presentations, concerts, dealing with a variety of topics that any serious consideration of Ray Charles mandates his relationship to various styles of music, country music, jazz, blues, the Southern church, black music and the black experience in America, the blind community. So these are all important trajectories that come out of any consideration of Ray Charles. There'll be uh, concerts throughout the weekend put on by Berkeley faculty and outside artists. There'll be films, uh, including some rare footage of him in concert. Various visiting folks will be panelists, Lauren Schoenberg, the executive director of the Jazz Museum in Harlem, will be helping with the jazz portion of things. Victor Vanacour, Berkeley alum, who was raised musical director, will be there. Tony Gamino, who was raised business manager, a number of the Ray Letts, some guys who played with Ray in the early days. So an extraordinary range of people. The final concert features, among other people, John Schofield and Ricky Skaggs. They'll also be part of some of the events during the afternoon. I'll be interviewing Schofield about the making of his Ray Charles tribute album. So a lot of good stuff. Now, Matt, what first turned you on? What lit you up to the music of Ray Charles? Well, for me, it's been a long time, a long time part of my life. Um, as I was telling somebody the other day, I, the first Ray Charles that I really remember was when I was just a late teenager in New York City in the late 70s. I bought some records on the street at a record sale, and I happened to buy the Great Atlantic album, The Genius of Ray Charles, as well as The Genius Hits the Road, which was his first album on ABC Paramount, both incredible albums. And I remember just wearing those grooves down. So there's something about the music of Ray Charles which is extraordinary, and that is, among many things, that it's music that's very accessible to people, but at the same time, it stands up to the greatest scrutiny of musicians. So it's not esoteric in any way. It's not something that only uh, musical scientists can appreciate. So it's something that's totally soulful and grooving and expressive at all times, and yet it's also something that stands up to great examination and bears fruit over many, many years. That's certainly been my experience. 
And it sounds like there's going to be a lot of examination during the symposium later this month. You know, one thing I want to ask about that, you just mentioned a lot of great musicians, scholars, experts are going to be here. But you don't have to be, say, a musicologist to attend, right? You can just be interested in the music of Ray Charles. Or even just interested in music in general, I would say, or rather American music. He's kind of like the uh, Bach of American music or Mozart, something like that, or as B.B. King referred to him as a blind black Beethoven with nice alliteration, because I guess BB is already starting the alliteration of the Bs. But that's a whole nother topic. (laughs) (laughs) Let's talk about the big concert, uh, Inspiration, a tribute to Ray. You started to talk about some of the performance. It's on Saturday, September 22nd at the Berkeley Performance Center. Just mention that, that list of performers again real quickly. Give us a sneak preview of what we'll hear. Well, let's see. John Schofield, Ricky Skaggs, Raul Medan, some amazing Berkeley faculty members like Donna McElroy, Larry Watson, Dennis Montgomery, Gabrielle Goodman, all kinds of amazing folks are going to be involved. A a big band of mostly Berkeley faculty, my group, The Wayfaring Strangers, Doug Womble, Victor Vanacor. So there's just going to be a huge thing. But the point I want to make about the concert is that I consciously didn't want to just do a greatest hits of Ray Charles concert. So what people should expect is they'll hear some of the more familiar hits of Ray Charles, but done in new ways. For instance, Schofield will play Hit the Road, Jack, You Don't Know Me, and Busted, three very songs familiar to people who love Ray Charles's catalog, but he'll be doing them in jazz trio and jazz quartet settings without singers. So that's already something different. Will The Way French Strangers will be doing Oh, What a Beautiful Morning, you know, that was a, a standard by Rodgers and Hammerstein from Oklahoma that Ray did in a big band jazz kind of way. We'll be doing it with all kinds of folk elements, trying to continue this pushing the ball down the field that Ray Charles did. You know, if you listen to his Modern Sounds and Country and Western album, it's really a staggering departure. The original songs are very rural country music, you know, that people would associate as hillbilly music. And Ray took them and updated them and changed them in ways that made them tremendously urban, extremely hip, totally soulful. And so we're trying to then not just replicate what Ray did, but continue to be inspired by him as the name of the concert implies. We want to be inspired by him not to just do carbon copies of his songs. So not only will you hear new versions of classic Ray Charles songs, you'll also hear obscure songs from his catalog that are extraordinary. The things that became hits for him were just happenstance. Everything he did was incredible. And so many things he's done are really extraordinary. And a lot of this music is not widely known because most of the ABC Paramount stuff or a large portion of it is not widely available for various reasons on CD or iTunes. There are all these LP records that never got made into CDs, or if they did, they were pulled. So there's a lot of great Ray Charles music that uh, people are not familiar with. So, And I hope to talk not too much, but a blather on a few moments there to try to educate people about Ray Charles. So you mentioned Skaggs and Schofield, for example. One thing I want to say about that is it turns out they're both fans of one another but have never played together before. So there'll be a performance of You Win Again, the great Hank Williams tune that Ray covered, and Skaggs and Schofield will play together on that. So. So now there is a musical combination I wouldn't otherwise normally expect, Ricky Skaggs and John Schofield coming together. So how is that particular collaboration coming together, the arrangement, the performance? Good good question. I have no idea. But <laughs> uh, it's, so far it's happened via email. Like Ricky is a friend of mine, and I've gotten to know Schofield a little bit. So 
I asked Ricky to sing You Win Again. He said, sure, I'll do it in Ray's key. And then we asked Schofield, would you like to play? He said, oh, man, I love Ricky Skaggs. I'd love to play on that. And I wrote back. I said, you know, I have these reharmonizations, these modern chord changes. And Schofield said, no, 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 no. I just want to play on the standard country changes, which was very interesting. So they'll be playing together with the Wayfaring Strangers on that that track. That sounds great. One of those only at Berkeley type moments. I hope so, yeah. (laughs) So at the top, we mentioned that you're artistic director of the American Roots music program. So uh, let's step back a little bit here. The the Roots program has been in existence for a couple of years. Why don't you tell us all about the Roots music program, how it started and, and what it's all about? Well, I was chair of the string department at Berkeley for many years, I don't know, 30 years, something like that. And then in conversations with Roger Brown and other folks, it evolved that the school needed to address this influx of incredibly talented young kids coming out of these various folk styles. So it's very important to me to make a program that even though a lot of these kids come to Berkeley from a bluegrass background, that's very strong here, I didn't want it to be a bluegrass program. So my definition of roots music has evolved in the following way. I have a temporal definition and a spatial definition. The temporal definition of roots music for me is that it's all music in America prior to 1950. And the spatial definition is all rural music that's ever happened in the United States. So I'm trying to cast an intentionally wide net. So that would include musical styles such as early gospel, spirituals, blues, all kinds of country music, old-time music, western swing, Celtic, klezmer, Cajun, a whole wide range of things. And the ways in which those styles have fused together, mixed with modern elements such as jazz and jazz harmony, modern arranging and composition techniques to create new fusions. Now, Let's go back to Ray Charles for a minute. He was a great master of this kind of synthetic approach to creating American music. People often say that Ray Charles took Sunday morning and Saturday night and mixed them in some way. He took the elements of gospel music and secularized the lyrics and created some great R&B, soul, pop music in America. So I've just recently stumbled upon an incredible demonstration of that that I'd like to share with you now. So the first track we're going to listen to here is a recording of a group called The Southern Tones a gospel group doing a song called A Man Called Jesus, uh, which is a variant of an earlier song called A Man Going Round Taking Names. So there are earlier versions of this, but this is the particular song that Ray Charles was listening to on the radio in the mid-50s. So here's the Southern Tones doing uh, A Man Called Jesus. Oh, there's a man That was this gospel tune that Ray Charles was listening to on the radio a lot in the mid-50s. Here's his 
first big hit, I Got a Woman, notice that the melody is nearly identical, the form is identical, the chord changes are nearly identical. It's really a lifting of this song. What's different is it's a half step higher or something like that. The groove is stronger because of the drums, and Ray's vocal performance is staggering, and the lyrics all are, are all about uh, love for a woman instead of love for the divine. So let's listen to Ray Charles do I Got a Woman. Well... I got a woman way over town that's good to me. Oh, yeah. Say, I got a woman way over town. Good to me. Oh, yeah. She give me money when I'm in need. Yeah, she's a kind of friend indeed. I got That was Ray Charles, I Got a Woman. We're here with Matt Glazer at The Burn talking about the Inspired by Ray Symposium at Berkeley. Matt, tell us how what we just listened to is an example of what you're doing in the Americans Roots, American Roots Music Program at Berkeley. Listening to those tunes side by side. Yeah. Is that the sort of thing that happens every day? Yeah, yeah, yeah. For me, there are two elements that are important in what we just listened to. One is getting a historical basis. I find that Berkeley students are often sadly lacking in a true historical understanding and context of the music that they play. And it's sad because this is something that should be widely available to them by digging around on the internet. And YouTube is an amazing, I'm a big fan of YouTube. I think it's an amazing music education tool. But as I've often said to people, For many Berkeley students, Charlie Parker is like the caveman at the beginning of time who invented fire. So that's 1940s, 1950s. Their awareness of music prior to that is very limited. At least you should know the entire history of recorded music in America because there's all this great stuff in the first half of the 20th century. And the other, so one is a historical component. The other one is a creative component, the way in which Ray Charles demonstrated and embodied and manifested this idea of taking elements that you hear and synthesizing them and creating something new. He was, his ears were completely open to every kind of music. You know, his interest in country music was a lifelong thing, one of many styles of music that he was a complete master of and had eaten and digested and created something new out of. So he makes a great model for students in how to learn, grow, and develop using their antecedents, musical antecedents. And you've already been spending a lot of time thinking and talking about these concepts for people who are coming to the conference or just fans of the music. There's a great way to get revved up on this particular topic. If you listen to the new radio program called Matt Glazer's Record Party, uh, we we have those episodes on berkeley.edu and on theburn.com. Tell us about the music and ideas featured in these shows. The first one was Modern Sounds in Country and Western. Yeah, that my friend Jay Peterson and I sat here and listened to the entirety of his album, Modern Sounds and Country and Western, and we listened to the country music antecedents of each of those tracks. So when Ray did Half as Much by Hank Williams, it's totally grooving. We listened to Hank Williams' version of that. And when he does I Love You So Much It Hurts Me, we listened to Floyd Tillman's antecedent of that. So that in and in itself makes a great, all of that music is great, and it makes a great education in American music and the way American music develops. The second show was my friend Alan Lowe, who's another 
autodidactic genius of American music. And that one was about the relationship between sacred and secular elements in Ray's music and in American music in general. Alan has studied American music with great, great depth. And he played, although Ray is very known for taking the church and putting it into popular music and taking the the sacred lyrics and changing them into secular lyrics, this whole kind of symbiotic relationship exists in other people, both black and white music throughout the early, earlier first half of the 20th century. So I think people will dig that, and, and certainly I learned a lot by talking to these two guys. It's all forms of edutainment in which you should be entertained and also learn something in the process. Well, speaking of edutainment then, Matt, why don't you walk us through a couple of blues tunes? So here are two tunes that Ray recorded with big bands. Both of these arrangements are by Quincy Jones, who is a close friend of Ray's and, you know, kind of a a loose student of his, as people might know from watching the Hollywood movie Ray. The first tune is uh, a version of uh, Louis Jordan's Let the Good Times Roll. Louis Jordan was a popular saxophone player and band leader and tremendously entertaining figure in American music, black music in particular, So let's listen to a little bit of Quincy Jones' arrangement of Let the Good Times Roll. This is a gigantic band that features a lot of guys in the Count Basie band plus Ray's band. It's an augmented big band. And just listen to Ray's timing in his first vocal entry, which comes in here. Listen to his piano comping here coming up leading into the big band. That's David Fathead Newman taking the saxophone solo. Hey, y'all, tell everybody, Ray Charles in town. I got a dollar and a quarter and I'm just running the clock. But don't let no female play me cheap. I got 50 cents more than I'm gonna keep. So let the good time roll now. I tell y'all I'm gonna let the good time roll. Get 
Wow. <laughs> Let the good times roll from Ray Charles. My goodness. That's an that's a cutoff. One of the greatest Ray Charles albums of all times. The genius of Ray Charles on Atlantic, which is a you know on the in the old days when you I don't you may be too remember to remember the LP record, but one I remember. Man. remember <laughs> I have a lot of them. One, yeah. one side of a record in this case, one side was devoted to big band charts by Quincy Jones. The other side was devoted to more ballady kind of things with. Uh, various other arrangers doing strings and winds and things like that. So you've got these two sides of Ray Charles, really an extraordinary album that was never really duplicated again. So that was a Quincy Jones arrangement, you yeah, said? Yeah, and we're going to be performing that chart. Quincy Jones has sent us that chart via email this week. The exact chart that you just heard, not a copy of it, but the literal parts was in, or Quincy had it in his library. He's sending it to Berkeley. We're going to play that chart as the closing number on the Inspiration oh, concert. Wow. Isn't that great? That'll be fantastic. Fantastic. In a band made up of mostly students and faculty members. Correct. Faculty and students, Berkeley faculty. So let's now listen to another Quincy chart on another blues. This one is slower and really uh, has some of my favorite lyrics of all times. This is Ray Charles doing I've Got News For You. Starts with Ray playing the organ. Great verse. You phoned me, you'd be late because you took the wrong express, and then you walked in smiling with your lipstick all a mess. If you know, music is the temporal art par excellence, it's all about time, that's what differentiates music from other art forms, and um. Ray Charles's control of time is so extraordinary. When you listen to these blues and the way he, the band is stopping, so there's nobody else playing but Ray, and the way he fills up, it's like there's infinite space for him in four beats. It's really incredible. He was very tough on bass players and drummers, notoriously tough on them, because his time was so amazing, and if you couldn't follow... He liked to also play at these very slow tempos. They call them Ray Charles' death tempos. And the guys were told in the band, don't count it. If you count it, you're going to rush. Just follow Ray. (laughs) 
And here comes the last verse about this woman who's not telling Ray the truth. It's very funny. When I look at the inscription, it said, love from daddy, yo. Well, baby, oh, little girl, I want to say I've got news for you. If you think that job will do, let me tell you, oh, I've got news. Check this out. Whoa, I've got news for you. Oh, oh. oh my. Well, if, if she doesn't receive the message after that, nothing's going to get it through. You know, one of the amazing things after listening to that is the attitude. That yeah. Ray Charles communicates through his music. How, what do you, how do you describe that? And how do you, I don't know, teach? You don't really teach attitude, I suppose. But how do you talk about that sort of thing in the classroom? I mean, he just, he is who he is. And he describes himself as a realist in his, you know, when he talks about what he does. And so he's expressing really a wide range of human emotions in a very real sense. I mean, it's not acting. It's the real thing. And he, you know, he talks about... He says, in Tin Pan Alley, you might say, oh, darling, I miss you so much. I'm going to go out and have dinner for one. He said, but in the blues and in country music, it's much more gritty. I got drunk at, down at the bar and I got in a fight because if you don't come back, I'm going to kill myself. You know, So his ability to take really earthy – there's no more earthy and kind of gritty musician in American music than Ray. And yet he embraced everything. So he could he could go from the grittiest, earthiest blues and rural elements of music to the most sublime kind of urbanized Tin Pan Alley things. It was all grist for the mill for him. Nothing in the human experience was off limits for him. You know, very, very real. You know, one thing that almost seems irrelevant when we sit here and listen to the music is the fact that Ray was blind for most of his life uh, from a very young age. And one thing that's evolved over the last few years at Berkeley is we have this sort of evolving uh, program for visually impaired and blind students at Berkeley. Are there any sort of connections that you see between what we've been talking about and that effort at Berkeley? Ray was very committed to the blind community and doing things for the blind community and his ability to read Braille and read music in Braille and read lyrics in Braille and is very, very important. So part of this symposium will be Berkeley shining a little bit of light on its outreach to the blind community and services that we provide to blind students. And that's something the school should be justifiably very proud of. And there'll be some folks coming in from the Perkins School for the Blind as part of this symposium. Well, this is going to be a great event from everything we've been hearing about it today. Obviously, the uh, 
you know, I'm wondering what what's ahead for the American Roots Music Program. This is obviously one of the biggest events that has come out of the <laughs> yeah. the program. Are, are you looking into the future at yeah, all? After at this I, point? after I'm in, after I get out of intensive care and I, <laughs> after I've been hospitalized and treated, I'll I'll review what's next on the agenda. So I'll come back and talk to you about that. <laughs> well, fantastic! I look forward to that, okay. Matt. Nice well, to talk to you, Rob. You as well. Thank Thanks you. very much. Yeah. You can listen to all the episodes of the Mac Glazer Record Party at the Burn and Berkeley.edu. The web address for the Ray Charles Symposium is berkeley.edu slash events inspired by Ray. That's inspired-by-ray. Or go to berkeley.edu and search for Ray Charles. You'll find plenty of information there. It's September 21st to the 23rd at Berkeley College of Music, open to music lovers, scholars, musicians, historians. Sounds like there will be something for everyone. I'm Rob Hoschel. Thanks for listening. And thanks to everyone who helped to produce our conversation with Matt Glazer, Tony Brown, program director at The Burn, our student engineer, Ryan Walsh, and of course, Rob Hayes, Berkeley's assistant vice president for external affairs. Learn more at theburn.com and berkeley.edu.